Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Movie Digest. I'm JQ. And I'm Finn. And this week's episode is our top five movie kill quips. It's episode 40. Ooh. Can you believe we've done this 40 times? It feels like more. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe the, li- the audience have listened to it 40 times. Yeah, yeah. All six of them. All six. Incredible. <laughs> and, and all the power to you for, for remaining uh, loyal listeners for this, for this long. <laughs> I was quite excited about this one. Yeah, it's it's a good title. I, I like how ours are becoming more and more obscure. <laughs> I, was, I was having a look back through some of our older titles and some of them are just like, you know, like top five Christmas films, yep. top five Halloween films. <laughs> and now we've got to uh, top five movie kill quips. That's a good top five though. It's interesting, actually. It, it, it was way harder than I thought it would be. Yep. <laughs> way harder. Um, so yeah, but there's some... It was a lot of fun trying to find and narrow it down to a top five. And watching the clips as well. Yeah, it was really good fun. It was good. (laughs) Well, do you want to go first then? No, I went first last time. Okay, cool. I'll start. Uh, Okay, Uh, number five for me is from Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Oh, I think I know which one this might be. I am no man. (laughs) Which is said by Eowyn. Yeah. I just, it's such a cool quip because I think this was the only one apart from. Aliens. Yeah. It's like, get away from her, you bitch. Uh, by the way, the language probably will be choice for some of these because it tends to be a thing in action <laughs> movies where people, you know, have a, like, let go a little sweary. But um, I, I just really liked it because most of them, they're all guys. Yeah. They're predominantly from action films. Yeah. I just like that in this one. Well, not a lot of people die in romantic comedies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also as well, because this, this differs from the, from the books. So the character of Eowyn and what she yes. does and stuff like that is yep. completely different in the films which is great because there's a little bit of artistic license which I think improves yep. the kind of different characters that are in there and stuff and it's from the scene uh, in Return of the King so it's one of the later battles yeah and the kind of leader of the Nazgul is um, trying to kill the king of Rohan and they're like uh, uh, she's like you, you can't kill him you have to go through me and he's like a fool, don't you know that no man can kill me? And then she utters the immortal line, I am no man, stabs him through his fake face with yeah. a sword and then he dies. It's brilliant. So that's number five. Good start. Number four, you couldn't not do a list like this and fail to mention Arnold Schwarzenegger. The no. man's entire career has been built on two things. One is his physique yep. and the other are his one-liners, yep. which are glorious. I mean, this could have been any one of any one of the amazing movies that he's done i've got one in mind um (laughs) it's probably the same well so i mean like there's some amazing ones so you know like predator there's like knock knock yeah (laughs) or um when he puts the knife through the guy he's like stick around stick around so good or (laughs) one of my favorites is commando yeah there's some great lines in commando including I eat green berries for breakfast <laughs> and I'm very hungry. <laughs> so great. Right, and also the death as well, where he throws the pipe through the bad guy's heart yeah. and it goes through a, a, a vent and then all this um, steam, comes, steam out. comes out and he's like, let off some steam, Bennett. Yeah. So good. And then of course, there's like, I still love you stuff from Terminator 2. Of course. Well. But for me personally, my favourite one with the amount of quips that are in it is Total Recall. Ah, Okay. And there's some great ones in there, um, like, see at the party, Richter, and uh, you think this is the real quit? It is. <laughs> he turns around, but my absolute, absolute favourite one yep. is where he's having a fight with his wife, in adverted commas. Oh, yes. Who's yep. actually 
uh, hired assassin basically there to keep uh, an eye on him. Yep. And just before he kind of finishes her off, he says, but honey, we're married. And then he goes, consider this a divorce. Yeah. And then kills her. It is fabulous. <laughs> An amazing kill quip. Um, number three. Again, this is another This is another character that I couldn't not include. James Bond. Of has to be in the kill quip You could do a top five at just with Bond quips. You basically could. Although, looking through them, all my favourite James Bond quips are more to do with the innuendo stuff ah, rather yes. than his actual killing quips. Yes. But that said... Just though, trying to keep the British end up, sir. The things I do for England. <laughs> I believe he's attempting re-entry. <laughs> <laughs> it's, they're amazing. But there are still... A, a, an ama- you could choose from any of uh, of so many great ones. I, I, when uh, Kananga is, is blown up, like inflated, literally oh, blown up yeah, at the end yeah. of um, Live and Let Die, um, she goes, uh, the Bond girl goes, where's Kananga? And he goes, well, he always did have an inflated opinion of himself. Yeah. Um, in Thunderball, where there's a bad guy and he's got um, one of those uh, harpoons for yes. hunting like rays and stuff yep. like that, turns around and shoots the guy against the tree. Well, I think he got the point. Yes. In a Goldfinger, where he says, uh, "Where's your butler friend?" Oh, he blew a fuse. <laughs> <laughs> there's some great ones there, um, and even in Casino Royale, because they don't use as much of the campy stuff. Yeah. The, yes, considerably. That is a brilliant postcode yeah. quip. So good, but. My absolute favourite one is from Tomorrow Never Dies, Ooh, hello. where they're in the um, the factory where they're printing all the newspapers, yes. and he throws one of the henchmen off the side of this railing, yeah. and he goes through the, the paper into the machine, and there's all this blood on the paper and stuff like that, and then Pierce Brosnan turns and goes, they'll print anything these days. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so good. Um, number two. And it had to be on, but it's not the one you think. Okay. Die Hard. Of course. It, it had to be on. It, had, it couldn't not be on. I know we try and like keep it off list yep. if we can, but it's probably not the one you're thinking of. My favourite quip, death quip in that one, is where he throws the guy off the building near the start. It crashes oh, into yeah. Al's car and he goes, yeah. welcome to the party, pal. Yeah. That is a good one. Amazing. Um, and number one. Ooh. Have we Whoa. got a crossover yet? Uh, genre is not. Okay, actual, oh, actual that's, line. That, that's good. That's good. Number one for me. I don't know. If this is on your list. It's Jaws. The final line in Jaws, just before Chief Brody blows Jaws up. So you know how Jaws has killed uh, Quinn on the back of the boat. Yes. And the boat's starting to sink now. Yes. And uh, all Brody's been able to do is throw this um, air oxygen yes. canister into Jaws's mouth. Yeah. And the ship's sinking and he's got a gun with only a certain number of shots and Jaws is starting to circle the boat and he's getting closer and closer and he just starts firing trying to, he's like, come on, come on, show me the can, show me the can. And then eventually it gets to the bit where just before Jaws gets to him, he just goes, smile, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and Jaws is malkied, absolutely exploded. I, to me, that is the best one. Not only just because it's like, it's such a tense moment and he says it just before the moment of impact. But also as well, it's such a clever play on the title. So he's like, smile, you son of a bitch. Yes. And the character's called Jaws. Jaws. Yeah. So good. So Very that's good. my top five. Very nice. Yeah. Um, so my top five, Pulp Fiction. Ooh. Number five. It's not exactly after he kills him, but it just sums up what's happened. Uh, Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. Such a good line. Which is also, for you trivia fans, the end of the film, if you play it chronologically. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. 
Yeah, we did have a bit of a crossover. Number four was Commando. Let off some steam. Ah, it's, it's such a good one. <laughs> but it, I'm glad that we've got different Arnie ones oh, in yeah. there. Pretty much every movie he's done, there's at least three or four that oh, you cool. could have used. And yes. they're all brilliant. My other favourite was uh, True Lies. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, number three is The Terminator. Mm. Sarah Connor. You're, You're terminated. Fucker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which was obviously ironic because there's been another 500 films afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I like that one. Um, number two, as far as this one didn't make it into your list, mm-hmm. The Dark Knight, where the Joker makes the pencil disappear. I'm going to make this pencil disappear. Smashes the head. It's it's gone. (laughs) Ta-da. Such a good film. It is an incredible one. Is that the first? No, it's not the first one. It's the first on the bad guy. see the Joker. And you see how nuts and... Yeah. And he's got the grenades underneath his coat and everything. That's right. It's quite cool. Uh, That was number two. Mm -hmm. So number one for me, it's just a one word post-kill quip. It's from Goldfinger. My Bond kills the guy in the bathroom, throws him into the bath, throws the toaster in. Zzzt. Shocking. <laughs> Simply shock. But he just says it so... like Because he's putting on his, his dinner jacket yeah. at the same time, isn't Shocking. he? Shocking. <laughs> Shocking. Without irony at all. Um, I was thinking about this. What do you think was the first film that had the first post-kill quip in it? Ooh. Someone must have started it. Um, I... I'm I'm not entirely sure. I, I I've got no idea what the first one would be. It'll probably mm. be some film that no one's ever heard of. Probably, yeah. But I think it's more of a stylistic thing where just you didn't really get that many campy films that you know had people dying and stuff like that. Yeah. Much before the Bond films, so it must be like fifties. Essentially, is a 60s. punchline, isn't it? Yeah. When do they? Because have you ever seen um, the Last Boy Scout? No. With Bruce Willis and some other guy about American football. Yeah, it's not um, He's a Wesley Snipes that's in it. No, I don't think it is. Um, but at the end of the film, just before the credits are rolling, they're talking about one-liners after hitting someone as a cop. So they're already self-referencing it. It's like, oh yeah, if you hit someone with a surfboard, you say, surf's up, pal. You know, yeah, this, yeah. this conversation of, over the end credits. That was like in the mid-80s or something. Well, it's kind of like uh, they did that a little bit in Hot Fuzz as well. Yeah. They kept you ever saying, jump through the air and firing two guns at the same time? Going, ah. You <laughs> ain't seen Bad Boys too. Yeah. No, but it's like um, where I think they're having a standoff in the supermarket and he manages to jump on the back of Lurch, who's the big tall guy. Yes. And then he throws him into the um, to the fridge freezer. Ah. Uh. And um, he says, uh, then I hit him over the head and threw him into a fridge freezer. And then Danny says, did you say cool off? And he goes, uh, no, I didn't actually. Shame. <laughs> There were so many to choose from, and I mean, there were tons of honourable mentions you could have done. There's oh, so course. many famous ones. We could be here for an hour. I mean, good, I, it, like genuinely, some of the most famous lines in cinema. So, like uh, Dirty Harry's, like you got to ask yourself one question: yeah. Do I feel lucky? Um, and you've got um, there can only be one from Highlander, and Dodge This from The Matrix. Yes. Yeah. Um, this has Sparta <laughs> from Three Hundred. Um, Say hello to my little friend, from yeah. Scarface. Get off my plane from Air Force One. Yeah. Um, one of my favorites when I was a kid growing up is actually from Independence Day. And it's when Randy Craig is driving his plane up into the tractor beam to yes. blow up the spaceship. And he goes, Hello, boys. I'm back. 
Also, when Will Smith punches that guy, in the, the alien in the face. Welcome to Earth. Welcome to Earth. Doesn't kill him. So good. One of my absolute favourites, and it's not from a very famous film, but it's a film that's got. I wasn't a big fan of wrestling growing up. Didn't really right. go up with it. But it's a film with a really famous wrestler called uh, Ready Roddy Piper in it. And Who's it's a film sadly no longer with us. He died recently, I think yeah. earlier this year, yeah. actually. Um, rather sadly. But it's from a film from 1988, sci-fi film called They Live. Yeah. And it's uh, about um, basically the whole of the upper class of humanity are these kind of like skeleton looking aliens. Right. But their visage, like they're protected by this ray that emits a, like a, a signal which puts flesh and bone in them. So you can't see that they're aliens unless you're wearing these really specific sunglasses, right, okay. which show them for what they really are. Um, and it's really weird. I, I remember playing, a, there was a Simpsons Mega Drive game which had the exact same premise. I've heard that premise before, yeah. Um, I, it probably came from like a, a Twilight Maybe, Zone episode yeah. or something like that. But there's an amazing scene, and they actually did a, a reference of this in the IT crowd, <laughs> which is where uh, uh, Ready Roddy Piper puts on his sunglasses. He goes into like a bank or something like yeah. that, and he's standing there with a shotgun, <laughs> with his sunglasses on, and he goes, I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. <laughs> just such a good line, and then he just starts running carnage on these aliens. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a fine art, and I wish mm. that... Um, it, it, I think it's something that kind of was left behind in the 90s. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily a a, a good thing. I, I, I'm quite a fan of a, a post... Did they do any Skyfall? Uh, my favourite one from that is Welcome to Scotland. Yes. Where, um, yeah. Albert Finney's character blows a guy with, yeah. with a double-edged shotgun. Yeah. Um, but I can't think of many other ones. They've kind of stayed away from it more mm. in the Bond films now. Yeah. You will get one or two. Hopefully, they, they might be. Uh, they do have funny lines. Like, oh, he's in our way to get wherever he's going on the chip back of the tube. <laughs> yeah. uh, should we move to uh, movie news? Yes, let's do it. So, um, I don't know if I've read this today that um, Brian Singer is going to do 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Mm, it could be interesting. Have you ever read the book? No, but I remember you moaning about it yeah, before. It dull, nothing happens. Well, is it not a Victorian novel, though? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a different time. Yeah. But there's like pages and pages of describing the fish you can see out the window. Yeah. So I don't remember the story being that interesting. Well, I remember seeing 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. I think it was either a Disney film. I mean, it was like one of those things that would always be on at Easter, like a matinee, like a two-hour film. It's got the one from James Mason. As Captain Probably James Mason. Mason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just do the rest of the episode of Obscure Voices. No That'd one be knows. amazing. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, he's got a good pedigree of doing decent films. So he does, and I think I, I quite like Brian Singer. I think if he does a film where he's got a knowledge of the subject matter beforehand, yeah. generally it works out quite well. Yeah. I mean, Superman Returns is a bit, but yeah. as a fan film, you can see why he made it that way. Yeah. And then the first two X Men films are astonishingly good awesome. yep. superhero movies and set a precedent for most of the superhero movies we see today. Exactly. Um, so I, I'd be interested yeah. to see it. And I think it's one of those films where I, I think what you could do with it, because the band of characters that are in 20,000 Leagues yeah. are all quite interesting. And yeah. with modern technology, you could do something that looked really impressive. You know, well, last like, time it was in uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah. 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 That's, that's a different thing altogether, I suppose. Yeah. Also other news, um, Jeepers Creepers 3. Not sure if you're a fan of the Jeepers Creepers franchise. Do you know what I, I am? And I don't know why this came up recently, but I, I was actually put off the franchise more. I mean, 
the the first film was quite quite good fun. It's yeah. a schlocky boom movie. Yeah. And the second one's not quite as good, but it's still good fun. But um I was reading that the guy who wrote and directed the first one was actually uh, he's a convicted uh child sex offender. What? But like from before he made Jeepers Creepers. So he made this horror film in the late 80s and the lead in it's like a 12-year-old boy. Yeah. And it turns out that he molested this guy on set. Right. And was jailed in like 91 or something until like 96. Yeah. And then he got released early for good behavior, whatever that means. And then he started writing scripts again, but then he was totally allowed to come back into Hollywood and start doing all Ooh. these things. And Well, I don't go and watch Jeepers Creepers, yeah, people. I don't, I mean, I don't know if he's still involved with the mm. franchise. But I don't know. It put me off it. Mm, well, I, hate, bit... I hate learning things like that after you've seen a film. It's a bit tainted, isn't it? Yeah. The other thing I saw, which was awesome. Have you seen the um, you know Legend with um, Tom Hardy? Tom Hardy and Tom Hardy. Um, someone gave it a two star review. <laughs> they hid it in between the two heads on the poster. It was from the Guardian because yeah. mostly across the board, it was getting like four star reviews. Yeah, yeah. But the way that they've designed the poster, it looks like there's four stars but two of them are hidden behind yeah. the head of the two yeah. um, characters that Tom Hardy's portraying absolute genius genius oh. absolute genius marketing <laughs> so clever I've only seen that once before in Edinburgh someone got a one star review so he put a star <laughs> that's clever I quite like when people do that as well there was um, I think it was for Jackass 3D so the yeah. third Jackass movie they basically didn't take any of the good reviews. They only took the, the one-star reviews from yeah. anything that was print, printing it. So their whole poster was like, one star, crass, terrible, yeah. disgusting. And they were just like, yep, that's us. Ah, sign me up. Because <laughs> it actually got some decent reviews. It's, it's quite a funny film. I mean, you know what you're oh, getting yeah, with yeah. the Jackass oh, films. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're just silly. But like, I think it got like three or four stars in Empire and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But they just exclusively went for the one-star reviews. Yeah. It was amazing. There, there was a, a bit of sad news actually just during the week. I'm a, a massive horror fan. And uh, Wes Craven, yes. who's like the dawn of... Scream. Horror. Well, he he reinvented like horror about three or four times. Yep. And Scream franchise is amazing. And a couple of his earlier films, I mean, they're still, they're incredibly shocking. Have you ever seen like The Last House on the Left? And like is The Hills Have one? Eyes. No, I haven't seen the new ones. No. Uh, man, they're, they're pretty full on. Like, yeah? Yeah. Um, I know, I mean, everybody else knows the other ones that he did. My yeah. personal favourite, and I think this was number one for my top five Halloween movies, was Nightmare on Elm Street, the first yes. one, yeah. which is just an astonishing horror movie. Yeah. Um, and he did so much for the genre, so he'll be sadly missed. Um, and he's left an, an incredible legacy behind, so R.I.P. Wes Craven. Um, a couple of trailers that have come out. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you've seen them. The Martian. Yes, with... Matt um, Damon. Matt Damon. Have you got through the book? Not finished the book yet. No. Oh, that was two weeks ago. I, I'm a slow reader. <laughs> I, Looks like we got ourselves a reader. Genuinely thinking of downloading the audiobook just so I don't have to read it. Is it being read by Matt Damon? Oh, that'd be so good if it is. <laughs> just him saying Matt Damon for two Matt hours. Damon. Matt Damon goes to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it looks really good. Yeah. But I remember the last time I was excited about a Ridley Scott mm. film set in space and mm. we all know how that turned out. Mm-hmm. Not well. Not well. So... Uh, we'll wait and see what happens. Have you seen the trailer for Disney's Jungle Book that came out last week? Yes. I said on the Facebook page, I don't know what, is it a horror? Is it a thriller? Is it a comedy? What's going on? Uh, so I think because it's a Disney one, yeah. there's actually, there are two Jungle Book adaptations in the works right now. One is what? being done by Disney. Yeah. And it's being directed by John Favreau. 
of Iron Man fame. Yes, that's the trailer I saw. And that, I think, is a live-action remake following the story of the, the animated film. Yeah. Not necessarily with I think the they're going to have stuff. the Beatles in it again. Well, that'll be really interesting. <laughs> but there's also another one which is being directed by Andy Serkis and is being made by the Wita production company. Right. Which is not based on a Disney story, but the actual source Roger Kipling book, yeah. which is quite different to the original Disney Yeah, I don't film. know what the Rui R. Kipling book is actually... It's just like. it's a lot. It's a lot more um, sad. I don't know what the story is. It the same story? Kind of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that I'll be interested to see. I, if if I'm being perfectly honest, I'm more excited to see what the Andy Circus one will look like. Ah, because it, it's tend, got to look as good as uh, Planet of the Apes, isn't it? That's why I think it will be. Yeah. And I just think story wise, because they're not Disney, they can go darker, tell mm-hmm. the real story and <laughs> the real story. I, I, just, oh, I, just think it, I think it'd be more interesting. Like I'd rather see that than the other one, but the Disney one looks really good. Like, yeah. um, they're, they're trying to do it realistic. So like Baloo's like this enormous big brown yeah. bear and, um, Bagheera and Shere Khan and the, the orangutan looks huge. Yeah. Yeah. The big hand coming out of the Yeah. Temple. I think they've, they've done it to scale cause the orangutans are enormous. So. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, another trailer that I saw recently and it looks so good is a horror film called The Witch. And it's about uh, kind of the first group of British people going over to the state. So what, yeah. like about 1700 odds. And they're incredibly religious. And then they think that one of the, the people in their group is a witch. Right. So, But it just, it looks incredible. And it's because they're all people from Britain. It's a mostly British cast. Yeah. So you've got like um, Ralph Innocent. Who plays? If you've ever seen the British Office, um, he's the guy that plays Finch, the kind of really disgusting rep guy that comes in every now and again. Oh, he's got a really deep voice, Ralph Anderson. Like yeah, that. he played Tommy the Tenor in a video I did about ten years ago. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, so he's uh, the kind of patriarch of the group that are going over, but it just it looked really scary, yeah. like properly Ooh, full on, yeah, and not relying on the usual kind of like scares that trailers yeah. and stuff do. So I'm quite interested to see that. I yeah. think it's coming out later on this year. Um, only one other bit of news, and this is kind of going back to the James Bond chat from a little bit before, but Sam Smith has been announced as the person who's singing. I have absolutely no idea who he is. I'm sure I walked past him on the street the other day, the day I saw the announcement. I was like, is that he is from Essex. Is he? Yeah, he is. Uh, so, but he's, I think it's an interesting choice because... Was he in One Direction? No. He... <laughs> He's had, well, he's had some massive uh, tunes. So, oh, yeah. um, money on my mind, money on my mind. Do it for, do it for the love. Um, uh, he's had a couple of other big ones, but I'm just, I'm, I don't know if it's necessarily the right fit vocal wise because he's got quite a high voice. And I've read some of it is the highest thing he's ever done. Uh, it, it'll be interesting. Do, I mean, just comparing it and contrasting it to the Skyfall theme, mm. which I thought Adele was such a perfect fit to do a Bond theme because she's got this deep, rich voice, which has got yep. a real gravitas and it's kind of smoky sounding. And um, it was, it almost felt like, like a kind of modern version of the old style, kind of yeah. like lounge singer yeah. type ones. I mean, that's doing down like Shirley Bassey and the rest, but I mean like that kind of like real seventies type yeah. Um, ballad. Yeah, it was, it was great and it was perfect. So I don't know what they're going to do. I just hope it's nowhere near as bad as the Jack uh, White one. I never do. Oh no, I didn't mind the Madonna yeah, but one. That's yeah, okay. I like the Jack. I like the Jack White as a song. No, I hate that one. But not as a theme. Uh, it was rubbish. But yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens mm, with that. There you go, there you go. Any other news? 
Oh, uh, one one other tiny bit of news is that I mean these are just rumors at the moment because mm-hmm. this is a production that's been in development for literally years. Right. Um, but it's the adaptation of one of the most famous anime movies of all time, Akira. No, the name. Yeah. Uh, it was a massive influence on the Matrix and uh, so much okay, else. Yeah. It was like the kind of I think Akira's from like eighty six or eighty seven, right. right about then. And it's got that kind of like cyberpunk aesthetic that was really big then, you know, like Blade Runner type thing and stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's a fantastic film, but there are rumors that Warners are going to adapt it into a trilogy, potentially with Christopher Nolan on producing duties. Not directing. Not directing. I don't think it's quite his thing, but yeah. I think even on the production side, it could be quite cool. But I mean, like this has been in production for about 15 years yeah. on and off, so I won't hold my breath for that. But it'd be interesting to see if they do it. Nice. Yeah, really nice. So let's move on to films we've seen. I've actually seen a few this week, month, yeah. episode. You start. Uh, so I saw, well, I, I caught the end of Hansel and Gretel. Five, I can't remember what the full title is with Jeremy. Witch Rainer. Hunters. Witch Hunters. I saw it on the guide, so I clicked it and started watching it. And the main characters weren't in the scene that I was watching. And I was watching thinking, is, is this the film that came out of the cinema? Or was this a made-for-TV remake? Mm-hmm. Because the production values were so low. Really? I was like, this, it looks like old, like stuff that's made for telly now looks like film. Yeah. There's no, but years ago, made for TV used to look like made for, like Princess Bride yeah. looks like made for TV. I was yeah. like, is this it? And then I saw Jeremy Renner. I was like, no, this is actually the 60 million quid film. Yeah. This looks terrible. Really? Yeah. yeah. That, the aesthetics of it. Like there's a mon- there's a big ogre in it. And it just kept changing from a puppet to CG in every shot. Like, that looks... Oh, it looked awful. I didn't watch all of it because it was rubbish. It didn't do particularly well at the box office. No. Or yeah. I saw Elysium. I quite enjoyed Elysium. Oh, I liked Elysium, yeah. People level criticisms at Neil Blomkamp for his films not having like a consistent style and tone and they try too hard, but he's never got the budget to really realize it. And yeah. Stuff like that. I'd much rather a director does that. Yeah. And does something that's different than just doing the same old stuff that you've seen a million times before. I wasn't well, too keen on the bad guy. The guy who's placed Murdoch in the A team. Chapel Colty. Yeah. He's a bit over the top. He can be, yeah. I, he plays the, the king in Maleficent. Yeah. And he has the most bizarre Scottish accent in yeah. it as well. And I, it was like he was chewing up the scenery. Mm. You know, some of the scenes you're looking at it going, that scenery has children. <laughs> Chapel, like, calm it down. Do you know what I mean? Um, it's just... It's mental. But then, like, he's he's phenomenal in District 9. Yeah. And also in the A-Team. Like, yeah. he's brilliant in the A-Team. Yeah. Murdoch, so... But the graphics and everything else were just phenomenal. There's no, you can't see the join where the robots are sort of police because they motion captured on the set. We'll come back to that in a second. Uh, okay. the films I've seen. The other thing film I saw was uh, Madagascar, the Penguins of Madagascar. Which one's that? Is that like the third one, the uh, sixth one? It's not spinoff. It's just it's a spinoff of right, okay. Madagascar. <laughs> it was so funny. Okay. There's there's a running theme going through it where they use names of celebrities okay so at one point it goes nicholas cage those guys okay <laughs> <laughs> just loads of other stuff what was the other one um kevin bacon we need those cakes <laughs> <laughs> that's quite cool that's quite cool and who's the bad guy was um john malkovich 
Okay. And the leader of the other team was Benedict Cumberbatch oh, nice. playing a lion. So the vocal yeah, talent was really good. Yeah, it's it's yeah. just a fun kids film. Yeah. It's, it's a classic baddie. It's funny though how like, there's been quite a few of those spin-offs in recent years because the Despicable Me films yeah. got their own minion spin-off yeah. movie. Yeah. And it was the same with the Penguins who were clearly the best part about Madagascar. Yeah. Or the three films okay, boys. <laughs> so. And the last film I saw was Terminator Genesis. Any good? Have you seen it? No. Do you want some spoilers? Uh, preferably not. But I just need a general, is it worth watching or not? <sighs> Do you, how much do you love the Terminator franchise? I do love it, but they haven't made a good one since Terminator 2. The problem is, is they've done a Star Trek on it. Right, okay. So they've changed the timeline. Okay. So, well, I mean, they kind of did that in, in every subsequent film from the first one. No, but this changes the timeline completely, so right, it okay. makes the first film irrelevant. Right, okay, I don't want to see it then. So it's, it, it, it feels like a very ham-fisted way of making Arnie old. Yeah. Is it basically they've they've written the script in such a way just to get Arnie back one last time? A little bit. Okay. A little bit. I mean, it's basically Terminator 1 again. They have to destroy Skynet. But because it's a different timeline, it's not Skynet, it's something else. Mm. So basically they have to destroy this computer before it becomes sentient. Right. That's the storyline, okay. which is the same as Terminator. Well, that, is that not more the story of Terminator 2? No, Terminator 1, because I have to... Because Terminator 1, they're just trying to stop the machine. Yeah, Terminator 2, yeah. So yeah. it's basically, it's done that drastic part, it's combined 1 and 2. Okay. Uh, it's just, it, it, oh, it just feels like a wasted opportunity. Like the metal man that you see in the trailer, Yeah. he's only in it five minutes. The young Arnie, a couple of minutes, that's it. And then the rest of the film is nothing like the trailer. There's a couple of gratuitous, obviously have to get in the time machine naked. Yeah. So Sarah Connor has to get naked, but they just have lingering shots of her shadow on the wall. Right. Just like, you don't don't need that. Yeah. And just other things. And it's just... just Matt wasted Smith, opportunity. Wasted opportunity. Matt Smith is the is Skynet. Right. But he's completely wasted yeah. in it. It's just like... It's just... Mm, watch it, but don't have don't high hopes. I don't want to, no. I don't know. No, I don't know. It's better than Terminator 3. See, I have a bit of a soft spot for Terminator 3. I don't think it's as bad as people make out. It, yeah, Terminator 3 continues the story. Yeah. And Termin- it's, it's not as... Obviously nowhere near as good as the first two because the yep. first two are like seminal yep. cinematic classics. But I, there's something about 3 I, I don't mind as mm. much. I, I still think it's it's an okay action film in its own right. Yeah. And I'd still... I'd rather watch Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, ahead of Salvation. Yeah. And probably Genesis. I mean, I yeah. probably will watch Genesis at some yeah. point. But but they're making two more sequels off of it. Yeah, I know. And it's one of those annoying things. They're only making them so that the rights don't revert back to James Cameron. And at the end of the film, there is no need for a sequel at all. There's one question that remains unanswered. You don't really care. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's it's one of those things where they're just... It feels like Terminator franchise has gone the same way as Die Hard. Yeah, where they're making films for the sake of it and they still make money because people love the original films but yep. they're not saying anything new or exciting anymore nope it's just disappointing I've not actually been to the cinema in about a month or so what which is annoying because there's so many great things I want to see just now like Legend and all these things yeah but I've been trying to catch up on the films I've missed from earlier on this year yep so the first one that I watched recently was and I was quite excited to see it because their last film, even though it was panned by the critics, I really enjoyed. It was the Wachowski siblings, Jupiter Ascending. Is that the one where 
someone sort of crouching has got a sword and there's a big Jupiter in the background. Is that probably? Yeah. Um, don't think what the poster looks like. It's it's genuinely one of the most baffling, disappointing, <laughs> and just awful films that really? I've ever seen. It's I stuck with it to the end out of morbid curiosity, yeah. but I could have turned it off in the first ten minutes. And, and these are the guys that did the Matrix. The guys that did the Matrix, and. Uh, it's weird because the Wachowski siblings have done some incredible films. Yeah. And you know, I was talking earlier about uh, Neil Blomkamp. We'll get him back on to him yeah. in a minute. But I, I like when directors try and aim for the stars. And it might not be perfect, but I, I admire the, you know, just the, the, the kind of goal. Yeah, to, to, to go for it. And with Cloud Atlas, which was their previous film, I, I, was that really, I really enjoyed Cloud I like Atlas. Cloud Atlas. Yeah, this I liked great. it as well. I thought... It was, I mean, it's a long, it's like three hours long, but it's really ambitious. Yeah. It's quite a coherent story. Yeah. Liked all the, the little bits and pieces, good acting, good yeah. characters and stuff yeah. like that. But this one is just abysmal. So it's like a kind of like space opera type thing where there's this group of beings and they're, they're, they own like the whole universe and you find out the earth is purely there to be cultivated over billions of years just to harvest human beings and then they'll harvest the human beings for their life force to keep these important wealthy beings of the universe young right um and there's all these people who are like spliced with animals to create certain types of hybrid things so Channing Tatum's in it and he's a half wolf half human thing not a werewolf right um then Sean Bean's in it and he's half bee (laughs) Half human. Right. So he's loyal to the queen because they're bred for these kind of animalistic traits. So he's Sean B. Mila Kunis is in it and bless her, like she's got nothing to work with. It's just the dialogue, the action, the story. Like Eddie Redmayne is this and it is one of the worst acting performances I've ever seen. And this is the dude that won the Oscar for Hawkins. Yeah. Right? Um, It's just... He does this really affected accent like this <laughs> the whole movie that sounds it wonderful so so bad i cannot explain to you in any earthly tongue how bad this <laughs> film is it's genuinely one of the worst things ever um so please 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 don't wish it i'm not going to waste any more breath on it don't w- watch <laughs> Jup- jupiter ascending it is absolutely diabolical but moving on to two films i did quite enjoy Ooh. recently um one of them was a new blancamp film that came out earlier on this ah, year called chappie chappie and again, this is a film that's been kind of got mixed reviews in the press. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Like, yeah. really, really enjoyed it. The CGI is astounding. Like, I had no idea how they did some of the scenes. Yeah. And like how they were in, acting with it. In District 9. But the thing is with, with with that, and I think it's the same thing that you're talking about in, in Elysium, is that, so Chappie, he's actually played by Sharpo Colty, the bad guy from Elysium. Oh, okay. As motion capture. Yeah. And just, I don't know how they did someone who was a human actor, obviously not moving like a robot. Yeah. But in the transition, like the lighting, the the 3D exposition of the robot and in the scene around about him, it's flawless. Absolutely flawless. It's incredible. It's amazing. Um, It's quite a a moving story. Like I found it, it, to me, this is, Chappie's kind of like if Short Circuit was directed by Christopher Nolan. (laughs) That's kind of like what it's like. Number Johnny Five is alive. It's so good. Input, input. Um, Need data. But it's, I, I kind of would have liked it to go more into on the science side of things. Yeah. And it's a Hugh Jackman plays this bizarre mulleted Australian bad guy. Do you remember him being in the trailer? 
yeah, it's uh, it's not as fine as straw, but um, I totally recommend it. Like, yeah. it's re- it's really interesting, like cool sci-fi. I just it's it's not the perfect movie, yeah, but it's it's genuinely quite moving. Like, I thought it was cool, and um, Dev Patel's in it as well, the guy from Slumdog Millionaire. I haven't seen that, uh, and Skins as well. But right. he's he's really good in it, and uh, South African band called The Antwood uh, play a gang of crackheads, kind of like thugs who are, and they're really really funny in that nice. as well. So that's good. Um, another film that I saw recently, which I absolutely loved, was the sequel to Pitch Perfect. <laughs> Pitch Perfect 2. God. It's, it's really good. What is wrong with you, man? It's really good. I'll not have a bad word said against it. They're, they're just they're really good fun films. The music uh, in it is really f- funny. The comedy is great. Um, Hayley Steinfeld's in this. She was the young girl Oscar nominated for the Jeff Bridges remake of True Grit a couple of years ago. I haven't seen that. But she's really good in it. She plays someone's daughter in an action movie that I totally escaped me. It's so bad, I can't remember it. Right. But anyway, she was in that. I didn't think she was great in that. But in this, she's fantastic. Yeah. Amazing singing voice. Um, impeccable comedy timing. And the rest of the cast are great. So it's got like Anna Kendrick and Brittany Snow and Rebel Wilson. And it's, just, it's very, very, very funny. Mm. Um, and the music's really good. Not quite as good as the first one, but... Um, it's of course what it, could live up to Pitch Perfect uh, it's such a good movie but <laughs> Maybe you totally, wash your mouth out with Die Hard <laughs> but uh, to- totally would recommend that as well so yeah make a quite good double bill actually Chappie and Pitch Perfect too. Oh, God perfect double bill <laughs> well I think that about wraps it up doesn't it oh, I think it does that's it well that's it for me for this week and that's it for me In our 40th episode anniversary special coming in about 40 minutes well look at that 40, 40 and I'm nearly 40 in in a lot of years. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's it for me. And that's it for me. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you want to listen to some more podcasts that I do, go and check out my website, jamesquintin.co.uk forward slash podcasts, or come and see me do some stand-up. That would be nice. There should be a gig list on the website as well. Thanks.